Each week, I'm talking to other job seekers like me to find out how their job search is going, get tips and tricks to improve my own search, and generally just have a natter. Along the way, I'll also talk to recruiters and industry experts to find out more about getting a job. I'm Mark Daniels, and this is Desperately Seeking Salary. Jane Ferre offers private career coaching for senior HR professionals looking to secure their dream role. It's a career change she made after experiencing two redundancies in just one year. What happens when people are in the job market is that they panic sometimes. Jane joined me on the podcast to discuss her career move to coaching after a long HR career in businesses including British Airways and Leon restaurants. What I call a star story for each example. So that's the situation, the task, action, result. So to find out how practice and preparation make perfection, stick the kettle on or put your earbuds in and go out for a long walk and enjoy Jane's story. Jane, good afternoon. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Salary. Thank you, Mark, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. How's your Monday going? My Monday is going really well. I'm at the end of my kitchen a renovation, so that was four weeks oh, wow. of hell. <laughs> four weeks of hell and takeaways. So I'm now, feeling a little bit fat. <laughs> so kitchen renovation, four weeks of hell, takeaways. So you didn't do dry January then? Oh, hell no. <laughs> so excellent well that's good well hopefully it won't be long before you're in the, the kitchen properly then just waiting for the splashback and then we're done that's then it done. perfect <laughs> yeah. perfect so jane welcome to desperately seeking salary this is my podcast uh where i talk to people about their experiences trying to find work um uh, hints and tips that people can give the the job seekers that are listening um and uh, it'd be great to to sort of have a chat with you i'm looking forward to this because you're a, a career coach so uh, I, am I think now, yes. i think this would be this would be but you've got an interesting story as you how to go how to got there so uh for the purposes of the guest this is jane now i'm going to try and get this i'm going to try and get it right this is jane Ferre. Yeah, that'll do. That'll, that'll do. do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the girl from Manchester with the fancy French surname. There girl from go. Manchester with the French surname. There we go. That's it. That's it. That's a first for the podcast. That's brilliant. So Jane Pelley <laughs> is a uh, a career coach who um, has uh, well, actually, Jane. Probably rather than me fluff it, why don't you introduce yourself? Introduce yourself to the guests. So hi there. So yeah, so I'm Jane Ferre and I'm, uh, I offer private career coaching for senior HR professionals who've outgrown their current role and they want to secure that next dream role in their dream company with a dream package and all of that in less than six months. That's well, essentially what I do in a nutshell. <laughs> that, that, sounds, that sounds like I really needed to talk to you six months ago. We should have been having this chat quite a while back. <laughs> So excellent. Well, that was nice and succinct. Um, so, how how did you get to coaching? What was your, what was your background before you got to to be the coach? So it's it's interesting. We were we were just chatting before we came on air. And I said I yeah. was kind of ahead of my time because I've experienced redundancy twice in one year. So back in twenty seventeen, um, I left British Airways in March, at the end of March. So. Uh, kind of, if I if I wasn't leaving then, I'd be leaving now, right? I was going to um, say, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I left that on a voluntary program. So I'd worked in HR for you know, I, you know, I was in BA for almost twenty years, and I've been in HR for the majority of that time. Um, and I I almost knew at the back of my head that you know I'd led a lot of uh, restructures and things like that. I knew at some point that that 
guillotine was going to fall on my neck because if it wasn't now it was going to be at some point so the opportunity came to leave the business and so i i took it i thought i'd have some time off and i had about a month before i got headhunted and then i went to join leon restaurants as their first head of training yeah um, and then, so I started there in May, and then in December, a few weeks before Christmas, I had, that role also became redundant, but a completely different experience. It was very much a, you, please come to this meeting on Friday, uh, went to the meeting on the Friday, and they said, your last day's Monday, go home, right hand over, and come back with your laptop phone, keys to the office, and that's it. Crikey. Very, very different experiences. So... Um, so so yes so after after some time then traveling and just figuring out what i wanted to do i was in the job market but i just thought you know what this i've i've kind of got this itch that i want to scratch which is setting up my own business and if i don't do this now then when am i going to do it and this was 2018 was this 2018 yes this was the beginning of 2018 so yeah so just sort of just three years ago now and i'd always coached in ba so i was what was called a job plus coach so i was trained um with ashridge actually ashridge business school through their kind of coaching program so i used to coach people within the business anyway so my last role in ba was head of talent so i used to do a lot of coaching with our high potential um, future fast track people and graduates anyway so it's a great way for me to kind of combine the coaching bit and my experience in the job market because a lot of career coaches have never been in the job market have (laughs) never been in the place where they're looking for a job you know the the emotional roller coaster that you go through when you're in the job market is just like horrendous and I kind of went through that twice in yeah twice in the space of a year really yeah. I think a lot of the listeners can, well, there's certainly, there's a few that I know can uh, relate to the, the being made redundant twice. Some people feel like it because they furlough before redundancy, so they feel like that there's happened to them twice. And I, I know we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago, Hannah, who, who also experienced redundancy twice last year because of uh, yeah. COVID situations. So I think a lot of people yeah. can relate to that um, situation. And all of us who are involved in this at the moment can certainly relate to the roller coaster ride of um, uh, of searching for another job, trying to get through the through the doors, get past all of all those bits. So I'm really interesting to sort of find out a bit more about how you help people with the with the coaching side of things. Take that. So was that yeah. was that a natural progression for you though to go into coaching, or were you thinking of it going in a different direction before you got there? I was, I'd been kind of thinking about it for a while. So when I left BA, it was almost one of those options that was on the table. I mean, I had outplacement help from BA. Okay. Um, but BA being BA is, you know, we kind of get the cheapest package, which it's almost like, don't give me anything rather than giving me like um, an hour with, with a coach, <laughs> which is like not long enough. You're only just getting started. So, so it, it was one of those things that I thought I'd quite like to do at that point. And then it's almost like I'm a great believer in the kind of fate takes over and the, you know, the universe kind of intervenes. And, yeah. you know, I was a, I was approached, you know, for this job. And I just thought, you know what, this is like, this is like the complete opposite organization from BA, which was this super tanker, this huge organization that, you know, has this massive hierarchy to someone like Leon, where it's kind of just coming out of the startup phase at the time. When I was there, it turned 13. So it was almost like this analogy, which is it's suddenly become this teenager, which is 
kind of going through these growing pains where they need to be a bit more corporate, but they don't really want to be a bit more corporate. <laughs> but it's still led by the one of the co-founders, John, who's who's got you know who's such an inspirational guy. And um, but the, the the speed of decision making, the the types of people, just the demographics of people. You know, I was one of the oldest there, and I was forty something. <laughs> so it was just a completely different place, and I I felt that I needed to go and do something else. Otherwise, I'm just the person that's worked at BA and nowhere else. Yeah, right. You know, so so it just in terms of my um, my career, it's you know it's a bit richer in terms of my background. So. I think it's good. It's good. It's good to experience that complete different type of business model as well, though, isn't it? Yeah. Because, like you say, BA is a behemoth of a of a business. Oh, um, yeah. And you know, I feel for anybody in in any of those businesses at the moment, because alongside hospitality, air, air travel and travel in general is just been absolutely scuppered this last twelve months or so. So, uh, you know, yeah. lots of people I know of that, have, that you've come out of there and now looking for other roles, picking up their different careers. So as a career coach, where do you start your journey with with people who come to you for help and advice? So we, so I start with kind of really getting under their skin. So figuring out what is really important to my clients. So thinking about their values. So we, I have an exercise that I run through with them where we uncover actually what are your personal values. And then we look back at their last few jobs and go, so actually with these last jobs, where have your top seven being fulfilled or not right and very often that's a real light bulb moment for people because they go oh my god i was miserable in that job but i didn't really understand why and this <laughs> this you know this exercise has just had this like the lights have been switched on as to why they were really successful in this job hated this job the other job was mediocre so it's a, that real kind of eye-opening moment and it also helps people to then go so what do you want more of next yeah because very often what happens when people are in the job market is that they panic sometimes um it's the stress it's the panic and that's where the bad decisions are made yeah so when you're talking to somebody about the value, because i find values quite uh quite interesting um and i try to go through that experience uh, or that process myself when I was trying to win when I first was made redundant is what what are my values and I I didn't so much look at my values as, as I looked at um, uh, what were the things that I preferred doing in my roles and what would I like to see doing next in a role so things like presentation and partnerships and relationships and stuff like that that was what I put down when I tried to work out values I found that quite a tough thing to look at so what are my values you know i, just, I don't know it's, it's like some of the, some of them are a bit like immoral uh, uh, um, an alley cat <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah i mean it's interesting because our values change over time and very often we don't ever hit that pause button and stop and think about what they are right now and what's really important for us right now um and that's where i you know, my the exercise that I have, that I share with my clients just really helps them because it almost just gives them, you know, a list of 30 words with definitions for the word. If they right. want to change the word, then they can do. But I think it's about narrowing it down because what happens first time is they tick that everything, you know, 80% of those words are, um, you know, very important to them. And it's like, 
the if everything is important then nothing is important so really narrow it down and then put them into some sort of priority order like you would do you know like a league table almost yeah. so actually get them into an order so that you're really clear about what's important to you and very often that time taken up front will save you time in your job search because if you're thinking about an organized when we then go on to talk about the types of organizations that match your values so if one of your values is around um, you know customer care and integrity you're probably not going to apply for that role that you see with um, weather spoons thinking right. about how they responded at the beginning of COVID or someone <laughs> like Ryanair who still hasn't paid back all their customers. So what your values will dictate then who the organizations are that would be a great match for you. So you're not doing that panicking thing where you're just going to spray and pray your CV out into yeah. the job market, hoping that it will land somewhere and it will land somewhere that you don't want it to land. Believe yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that happening. Yeah. And I think that's that's quite important because I actually did get approached for a role um, and I, I won't say the names of the business or anything like that, but it was it mm. was a, a, a large company in the utility sector um, and I was invited to apply for it. And I went to apply for it and then I looked at, and I actually looked at this company who I've had dealings with as a customer in the past and I thought, mm. I, I don't want to work for that business because yeah. I didn't like the way they treated me as a customer yeah. so that's that was an exploration of my values without me actually saying what values those were really yeah yeah and it's interesting isn't it that you know that when we can actually go out and meet our friends again if you were interested you know the question is if you're introduced to someone at a party and they say you know what do you do because everyone asks that question and you say yeah. I work for X organization how are you going to feel about saying that you work for that that organization yeah. are you going to be proud so like when i was you know i worked for british airways everyone was intrigued and curious and everyone has a story to tell about their lost luggage on the flip side <laughs> uh, but, you know and likewise when i worked for leon um people had i people either loved it or had never heard of it so depending yeah. on where they were but yeah. so there was that pride that you know i can say that i work for this organization and and be proud and you know stand there and go yes I you know I'm happy in my job and I'm happy doing what I'm doing but if you're kind of having to say you know, well I work for you know utility company that's a slime ball how, you know that's that's, that's not great that's, for your no, self-esteem, is it? and I, and I think I went through that process I think I sat there and went I don't I don't particularly want to say I work here so yeah. uh, so didn't didn't that's go through that's a great test that's yeah. a, if you're unsure it's a great test it's know, genuinely the first time it's ever actually occurred it's ever i've ever yeah. experienced it when applying for a job so yeah. it was it was quite interesting yeah. it was quite interesting yeah. emotion to go through as well and it's interesting as well because actually um some people that so very often the more senior you are you can have that response but then think about well actually I can go in there and do something about it. So yeah. I've had this very poor, I've just had a very poor experience with BT Openreach. I don't care about naming this organization. Um, <laughs> not, I'm not even a customer. They just drilled a hole in my house to, to attach some wire to plug in my neighbor to their thing. So, <laughs> I mean, come on. But actually, you know, there, there's some people that might think, you know what? That I had a bad experience, but actually I can go in and turn that around or I yeah. can go in and create something else. So, again, it's almost about listening to your gut instinct because your gut is always right. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, abso absolutely. So you get them to go through their values. What's your next step? So we then look at their target market. So actually thinking about them, the types of organizations that they'd like to work with. So thinking about um, location used to be on the list. I think it should be at the back of people's mind because we are coming out of this. This too shall pass at some point. So yeah. there needs to be, you know, a doable commute or not. Um, thinking about then organizational culture, um, sort of leadership style, and the other one, which has escaped me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, we look about, we look at the organizational culture as well. So what are, you know, and I encourage my, my clients to do their research on the organization before they submit an application and of course, before they go for the interview. So go and check them out on social media, go and check them out on Glassdoor. Yeah. Um, go and follow the CEO. You know, if you're working for KPMG right now, you know, the CEO hasn't really shrouded Jeez. himself in much glory over the past week. Not at all. You know? yeah. so, so the fact that that individual can say that tells you a whole lot about what is going on behind behind the scenes there yeah. so we and we get people i get my clients to draw up a list of organizations that they would like to work for and that becomes their almost their starting point and that's a fluid list so as they start to do their research names get crossed off other names get added on as their yeah. eyes kind of open up to the possibilities that are in the marketplace yeah no, so that's that's so that's that's quite a fantastic uh, sort of process you go through there. Now, when when you've got them through there, there's a lot of. Um, I think the biggest thing we all experience is problems once we get into interview. So, do you yeah. coach people through their interview technique? Yeah, yeah. So it's quite interesting because I, I saw on LinkedIn earlier you had a, a broadcast out where you you titled it "How to Stop Clamming Up in Interviews." Um, which uh, is, I think, is a fear that anybody has. Now, different people probably experience it at different times. So, you know, more than likely when they get asked a question, they don't know the answer to. Yeah. So without giving away all your trade secrets, because I don't want, <laughs> I, you know, I obviously want people to come to you and, and talk to you and, and, and have their own experience of this. But yeah. how do you stop somebody clamming up in an interview? So I think... In terms of the individual, all you can do is prepare. So all you can do is do the preparation. So one of the things that I talk about, and I talked about this um, on the, the live this morning, was actually preparing what I call a star story for each example. So that's right. the situation, the task, action, result. So what I would suggest anyway, and kind of even before we start applying for roles, we build up a database with my client on you know they build up a database of stories yeah. of star stories with a focus on the kind of result as part of their preparation for the interview i say go through your database of stories and make sure that you have a story for each line on that job profile right and if you haven't got an example of i don't let's say i'm an hr professional so let's say um leading transformational change or writing a talent strategy or um rolling out performance management. So if you, you need to have at least one example for each item on the job description. Yeah. If you've got that and you've done your preparation on the people who are interviewing you, so go yeah. do a bit of stalkering in a, not in a weird way. Uh, <laughs> LinkedIn's great. On LinkedIn. Go and look them up on LinkedIn, go and Google them. You know, do they like, you know, are they following, you know, Liverpool Football Club or something? You know, what's that, what's the connection that you can find 
that's not necessarily the job, but something yeah. else? Have you worked at the same place? Um, do you follow, you know, the same types of people? And then do your work on, do your research on the organization as well. Yeah. And also have, a, they're going to remember the beginning and the end, right? So you need a good response to the kind of tell me about yourself question. Yeah. And you need to finish the interview with some great questions. So that's something that I find challenging personally. So I'm quite, uh, you know, I think anybody who knows me knows I can talk about myself forever. So the start isn't usually the problem. Um, But when it comes to what's what's the questions at the end, I get stuck with that because you sort of think, oh, God, is that a clever question? Is it a a, a rubbish question? And you want to try and avoid the ugly questions about, well, how much am I going to get paid and things like that? You want you want to stay clear of those at that stage. Stay clear of that. Yeah. Um, but the the questions that that come up often seem quite weak. So how do you how do you what questions would you advise me or somebody to to sort of be looking at? How would we come up with those great questions? So again, this is part of the preparation. So when you're preparing for a, an interview, then you should have a list of questions. You can have a kind of standardized list of questions, but then also think about questions for that particular role so questions that you would like to ask that particular line manager yeah so again depending on where you are and um some great questions are things like what does success look like around here yeah so that's a great one um things like um you know how have you responded to covid how has your organization responded to covid that's a great one it used i used to always say it was brexit the answer to that (laughs) i say actually it's like let's let's kind of let's sort of move on uh let's move on breakfast is breakfast border brexit it's all uh it's all covid now (laughs) yeah it's all covid now because the answer to that will tell you a lot about the organization um you know you could ask it depends what you really want to know so you know you could ask something like what would be the one thing i could do to make an impact in this role yeah that will give you like a lot of data um what do you think are the most important qualities for someone to excel in this role okay Again, that they'll tell this is like you need the interview is a two-way process so it's not all about you as the interviewee going in and being a show pony this is about the organization have got to do the same thing as well yeah so it, this is like you, you, you want to go and work there so you, the, you yeah. need them to give you the 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 positive answers to those questions yeah. i guess you prove to me why i should be here yeah <laughs> because it's because actually you know i'm interviewing with you know two three four five other organizations and why sh- why should i choose you but what i would say about those questions bit is people think it's a memory test and it is absolutely not. I mean, the advantage now where you've got most of the interviews are online is you can have all of your papers out. You can have your database of star stories on your desk. You know, even when I was interviewing, I would have, you know, uh, my computer faces a wall. So I would have stuff on the wall with little keywords and things that would help me remember certain things. But have a list of questions ready. Yeah. And even if you're interviewing face to face, I would always say to my clients, you you type them out on a piece of paper, you put the organization logo top right hand corner and you, and at the time where they will say, have you got any questions for us? You bring out this piece of paper and you go, actually, yes, I have. And they put 10 questions. You don't need all 10. 
a just lot of them will pick have, them. Well, a lot of them will be answered during the yes. interview anyway. Yeah. So pull out two or three, but the fact that you have got that piece of paper ready to go shows that you have actually thought about this. And if you think about that subtle sign that that tells the interviewer, it just yes. means like, I guess, this is yeah. how I approach a business meeting. An interview yeah. is a business meeting. This is how I approach it. This is how I represent this organization. Right now you're representing yourself. No, no, that's excellent, excellent advice. I did a, an interview back in July, I think it was last year, and I'd prepped my uh, prepped my questions and I'd written them on post-it notes and then I'd stuck them up above uh, my monitor um, yeah. so, so that when I was looking at the camera, I could just look up to the question without looking like I was looking down at notes. And about halfway yeah. through the interview, they all <laughs> fell down. <laughs> and then, so and then they sort need, of what? fell in front of the camera so everybody saw it happen. <laughs> so what you need is super sticky post-it notes <laughs> for next time. But Absolutely. It's, not, it's like I say, though, it's not a memory test. You know, you would turn up to a business meeting with notes. You know, so yeah. it's it's not an issue to, to look down. You know, just say, oh, yeah, actually, I've got a list prepared. Let me just, we've covered quite a few during the course of the conversation. Let me just see what's outstanding and, yeah. and just fire that out. I mean, I've interviewed so many people in my kind of HR, with my HR hat on. And when we've got to the point, the, the, the point in the interview where I said, have you got questions for us? The amount of times people have pulled out a notebook and you can see they've scribbled questions in this notebook, like just before they walked in. Yeah. I mean, that is like, that's how you walk into a business meeting. Okay, nah. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. the it's the old adage. What are the toilets like in the in the pub? Because that tells you how yeah. the kitchen is. It's the same sort exactly. of approach, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's you know we've we've we're rattling on. This is fantastic, by the way, Jane. I'm absolutely loving this. It's uh, hopefully that listeners are getting some Definitely. great feedback as well. But um, yeah. one of the other things that I'm finding now, when I'm talking to people, and I've experienced this myself, so it's the mindset of of getting into the interview, but. A lot of people now, and I think a lot of people have become more and more aware of mental health and their their, their mental mindset before they go in. Because lots of people, we're stuck at home. The weather's rubbish. Yeah. You know, it's like that. How would you guide them through getting getting them mentally aware or ready for an interview? So, I think again, it's a lot of preparation. I. Getting ready for an interview, it's, kind of, it's a bit of rinse and repeat. So actually, do your work up front. So this database idea is key, and it's, it, it almost takes a lot of the work out of it because it, do, it doesn't need to be as hard as we make it a lot of the time. Yeah. So actually, if you've got all of your database of ideas, then uh, your, your database of responses, <laughs> then go through them. What I used to do was I used to practice saying them out loud. So I would... You know, there's some questions that you're always going to be asked, you know, like, you know, tell me about yourself or, you know, it, tell me about a time when, you know, and depending on the types of role, you know, I'm HR. So it's, you know, there's some standard questions yeah. and I'd be doing the dishes and I would practice saying them out loud. And and it's almost this the result bit is the key bit because that almost finishes off your sentence for you in a really powerful way and indica indicates the interviewer that, OK, I'm done. You yeah. Know, you know, so that resulted in, you know, a reduction of, in absence from 10 to 7 days per person per year. Boom. Boom. Pause. Yeah. Shut up. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, you have to practice saying this out loud. You have to practice saying it out loud. It's just, you know, just 
as you're doing the hoovering or whatever, just practice your interview um, responses. Yeah, no, I think so. Practice and preparation. These are just the key things yeah. all, the way, all the way through. That's yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, Jane, we're coming we're coming towards the end of our chat, and it's it's been excellent. But I always like to um, ask ask my guests that come on the show <laughs> a little bit of, of of fun. So you've you've had your career in HR. You've worked from BA and Leon. You're now working for yourself, which is absolutely fantastic. But yeah. what did the nine year old Jane want to be when she grew up? <laughs> what was what was your aspiration when you were a kid? My aspiration, I I think nine was too early. I've never been one of these people. You know, I don't know why I've ever picked know, the number I want... nine. I, I, I always <laughs> asked, what did the nine year old? What did the fourteen-year-old Jane want to be? <laughs> I do. I do. You know what I always wanted to be is um, a police officer. Okay. And and I was kind of where I, I grew up in Manchester, and to be in the Manchester Greater Manchester Police, you had to be twenty-one, and to be right. in Cheshire Police, you had to be eight. You could be eighteen, and I was like, no, I want to join Greater Manchester Police because you get like lots more like. Hardcore crime. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that would be much more fun to deal with. And my mother was like, "Oh, you get help with your mortgage if you go and be a police officer." Now I just I take my hat off to anybody yeah. who's in the service, but I just could not do it. Yeah. Absolutely couldn't. But my my oldest friend from childhood, who I'm still in touch with, godparent, god godfather to both my my kids. He's a, he's a police officer, um, and absolutely, you know, fair fair play to them. I couldn't do I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I have enormous respect, but it's, it's this thing about know your strengths, and yeah. uh, I, pro I'd probably be sacked, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Dear, <laughs> for in conduct, or is it gross misconduct? But it's interesting though, because as an HR professional, very often you're kind of acting as the sort of police. You know, yeah. that's how you're seen by the business and the, you know, the mediator. So I think maybe I might have made a good police officer. You so you got know. into a, an authority role. There you go. Yeah. For sure. Got through, got through that. It's fantastic. Um, Jane, my, my my listeners, if they want to get in touch with you, how do they find you? Where do they where do they go? So well LinkedIn is my jam. So if you're not connected with me, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, throughout the month of February twenty twenty one, just in case someone's listening to this, you know in, in a year's time. In yeah. Years to come. Hopefully um, hopefully there will be. <laughs> I'm doing a series called Fearless Fast Forward February, where I go live every single day in February. At some point, I don't commit to a time. Okay. Um, at some point during the day, to just address one obstacle that people have um, it, with their job search. So today, as you say, it was about how not to uh, clam up during an interview. There'll be something else tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so that that's going out through February on LinkedIn. So join me there. Or I've got a website, JaneFaray.com. That's just my name. Um, I've also got a free Facebook group. It's called Get That Job, Senior Job Search with Jane Foray. So join there. I've got lots of guest experts who come in and do free trainings. And I go in there twice a week as well and just do some Q&As and accountability Excellent. calls and stuff like that to keep everyone on track. So I'll put, I'll put the links to all of those into the bottom of the podcast description as well. So people will be able to find that. But hopefully Amazing. people will go on and uh, be able to get in touch with you, which would be brilliant. Jane, that's been absolutely superb to chat with you. On your on your fearless, fearless fast forward um, yeah. uh, content, do you just pick a subject yourself or do people message in and, and say, this is what uh, I want to know about? I did a brain dump at the end of January and just, I think I've got a list of about 35 things. So I just kind of went through what do people, what gets in the way? What do people say to me why they can't do something? Um, if somebody 
wants me to cover something different, then drop me a line and I will add that in. Because I just look at that list each morning and kind of go, what speaks to me today? Yeah, what can I talk about today? What's what's there? Yeah. What's my inspiration? What do there's I only... feel like talking about today? I mean, there's only 28 days in February. So with 35, you have got a bit of cushion, haven't you? So just in case something Ever you do a challenge, choose February because there's only yeah. 28 days. <laughs> brilliant, isn't it? So why do we do dry January? Exactly. I, did a, I actually did... Um, well, I know we were joking about that earlier. I did a dry year once. So it's actually 2018. So it was the, um, when I left Leon in the December, I found that all I was doing was sitting on the sofa, wallowing, binge yeah. watching Netflix, drinking red wine, eating chocolate buttons. It was Sounds just like my life. Christmas. And I just, oh, I know. Well, now, ironic, right? I said I'm ahead of myself. That's <laughs> what we're doing right now. <laughs> but I just thought, I've got to stop this drinking. And somebody dared me to give up drinking for a year. So I did. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so I am never ever doing a dry, dry January again. No, I think I think you've done them all. You've you yeah, you, did, you did, did them all in one go. I've done 12, 12 <laughs> years worth of dry January. I'm good. <laughs> I pr- I don't have nothing to prove. <laughs> Jane, that's been absolutely superb. Thank you very much for your time. Um My and uh, let's keep in touch. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Brilliant. Thank you, Mark. Take care. Cheers. <laughs>